What's it like with federal power when you live at home? Well, it's easy. Lots of times when the markets are up or down, you make sure you eat certain different things. You make a list of what you want to make to eat. It's not actually a money-making or money-saving identity. It's just a way to have a handful of dice and roll them on the ground to have a way of monitoring what you eat and what you do spend your money on in food without uh, actually affecting the market but you still use the market to make sure you make those adjustments and then at the end of the year you remember when the markets were up and down and uh it's a way of keeping brain science in order rather than any type of financial sense it keeps brain science in order uh using the market's when they're down, we buy barbecue. When they're up, we eat soup. Stuff like that. It doesn't make a difference on your budget. It doesn't make a difference on your financial plan. But you do it anyhow. And it helps you to keep awareness of your finances a lot easier. Uh, a lot better than if you didn't do that. So it's just a little practice. And, uh, you know, over the years... Um, I've gotten two phone calls. Um, my dad's talked to somebody on the phone once, um, that seemed to be, um, of importance. It may have been the principal at the school, um, a former principal or something like that. Um, and, uh, I've given one phone call to my aunt and, uh, uh, then I have sent one Facebook, um, in, um, to the foreign front, um, and all those were answered just normally, and, uh, I know they can be explained as psychic powers and things like that, but they weren't psychic powers. What they were were the spirit of God coming in and then me going out to those sources. So uh that's only happened three times in my life. Um the first time it happened, it happened with the uh control unit of reading and one person called me and the second time it happened, so it's four times. And then the, the last two times, it was me calling out on um, the uh, same instance as they had called in um, because I had received information first. And when you say information, you always go to that movie, uh, Conspiracy Theory. It's the funniest thing in the whole world that... People who are interested in um, mental health information goes to conspiracy theory. And then if a movie is mentioned, it's always craziness. Yes, we know you're a lunatic, okay? The people that listen to this kind of stuff are just lunatics. When you mention movies and conspiracy theory movie. People always think you're being lunatic, but that's movie is a good positive way 
to explaining things to your soldiers on the field, your um, people around the house. Conspiracy Theory movie is a very good movie to mention um, when you're explaining things of communications that are normal. Um, that's just the normal psychology these days. That's not some far-fetched, see, there you are again, accusing me because I raised my voice because of conspiracy theory that you've seen. Now, if you listen carefully enough, you'll understand that that movie is central to communications in our daily, there you go again, my voice cracked, you think it's conspiracy theory. See, conspiracy theory is not a discernment tool to determine whether something's a conspiracy or not. It's a tool to grasp hold of in your mind so you understand what the person is saying. There you go. You're at the end of conspiracy theory now and you believe me. But that's not the reason to trust somebody is the conspiracy theory movie and what he's saying. That's not what that movie is about. The movie is about being able to grasp what people are talking about in tone so you can just listen. Listen with your ears and hear what they're saying. That's why they put out the spy movie, um, NCIS afterwards, so we could hear each other and the tone could be heard. And then it would be shocking enough to create the emotion that is correct for living in today's world when you're listening to audio from watching TV and we don't get a heart attack. Um, with breathing like they did in the 1930s from the radio a lot of the time is why they had to introduce TV right after that because people were getting sick just listening to the radio um, and uh, they had to invest some things in the art at that time between radio and TV they had to make a big investment in the art a three trillion dollar bill was written to invest in the art is what I'm estimating that to be so there you go, you're a conspiracy theory again where the men are actually capturing the men. See what I mean? It's about the tone. I can tell where you're at in the movie because of the tone. Now listen, those times they called me were so important that they called me at times I was in a state of good placement to be an equation that would equal success. Now, it's not done for the cheer, these things. These things aren't done for the cheer. These things aren't done for um, recalling those things over and over. But those things must be mentioned to give satisfied evening thought to people who know about them. You see? So you had to give press conference. And that's a big part about Facebook that I got to bring up when you're giving your product out you have to give press conference on Facebook you can't keep on 
doing your business without press conference. If your business is working, which our business is working and it works overseas, you have to give press conference or you're just going to be crazy. You're not going to grow old in age correctly. You're going to be always excited moving around when you're supposed to grow old. Even short people grow old and gray and their hair begins to fall out. And that's because they get press conference. It doesn't happen just with medicine. You won't get the right effect on your health unless you give press conference. Let's say you sold 1,300 suits in a day. If you don't give press conference to that on your Facebook or if you don't turn it into your advertising company to do the advertisement then your placement is not going to determine your aging correctly with your business and you're going to remain juvenile in your business spirit of yourself when it's supposed to be elevated and when it's elevated you age correctly so that's an important part to know when you're making press conference is um am i being honest and that's where you age best it's not in truth that you age best it's not in lies that you age best it's an honest appeal honest appeal where you age the best so if you're into comfort, you might want to study honesty, which all of us do naturally. We don't study truth naturally. We don't study lies naturally. We usually study honesty naturally. And that's why Aesop's Fables was written. And you can study Aesop. Aesop, he's a um, poet. And uh, he's got plenty of children's books out there. And he's on the internet. And... Uh, Cat in the Hat is another one that studies honesty through rhythm and rhyme, but that's got more of the truth element in it. And then you got um, Homer, which is a book about honesty, and it's got more into the lies. And once you get all those, because you study Homer when you get older into the lies, and then uh, um, you got a good basis for honesty. And understanding what honesty is. And those things go into your alien nature of your brain. And your alien nature of your um, being. And you digest them and you become an honest person. So if you're focused on something other than honesty. Or um, just not developing into... Um, literature by soaking it in rather than trying to become if you're trying to become the literature you're just sick in the head you're sick in the head uh, and there we are the men capturing and letting go the man in conspiracy theory so if you're not studying honesty um then uh you got a real big problem with comfort um, if you're just studying to be something and you think you're being something um, because you're reading it, um, that's not true either. You have to have your own identity within 
your literature that you're reading and if you're adopting an identity that is not you then um there's a problem there there's a big problem there and uh um there's a big problem with a lot of people who think when you sleep with someone you become one with them just because Jesus said it there he wasn't talking about uh uh chemically state being one with them he was talking about something that was uh uh spiritual um and there's a definite resistance to that um if you don't know what you're talking about and many times it takes that we're doing yard work at the beginning a relationship if you try to do yard work it's going to be very difficult but if you can snip those little branches at one time easily then it becomes a very comfortable thing and that's a way of studying honesty um you know so at the beginning is it really really rough in the youth when it's you're cutting the bushes and you can't do it anymore because you think you're cutting uh the person you love when you're cutting the bushes and it's just overwhelming and you have to sit down and sit there and have a smoke and try and decide whether or not you miss this person that badly or not and then you uh stand up and you have to go in and say i'm just too sick to do this right now so uh and then later in life when you're in your 28th year or so you go 29th year you go out there and you and you notice your dad cut bushes his whole life so you start snipping the little branches and it feels a lot better um so there's a lot of those types of things that are normal skateboards and car rides and working and all that in between um seems to uh uh justify all those things but it's not until you go to those bushes in your front yard and you start clipping the fingers and you start trimming the fingernails and trimming the uh knuckles of the person and then you do your little nieces they're standing right behind you and you're trimming the bushes and you're knocking the knuckles off the bushes and it feels comfortable then um and you know you've reached a level of spirituality that was more correct um so um there's all those types of things that equate into comfortableness and uh during those times where um you have trouble with it you, you go back and see what decisions you've made and if you didn't make any decisions until you crack those knuckles off correctly then you understand that uh um everything is just fine and uh you were in your right mind the whole time so um there's other times you, you look back and you when you weren't in your right mind and you had lyme disease and you say to yourself hmm, well what would i have done if i had lyme disease i probably wouldn't have been able to care for the kids or uh, done anything correctly that was uh of any type of um, but this is saving young people right here. Those young people that are split up because of illness right now. If you just go out there and crack those knuckles off that tree nicely. 
It's going to shock you if you're in too much shock. It's going to shock you. But if you're not, just try it. And if you're in too much shock, work through it on the bush. Just work through it, knocking those knuckles off. And uh, lots of marriages can be saved from knowing something like that. I went through two marriages because I was sick doing both those things. And I, I couldn't understand anything. And I had a one-trap mind, so I wouldn't think of things all the time. And then i eat me a ham sandwich, and i sit with my granddad, and we would talk about work some more or some, something. And then we'd uh, sit around the house. And uh, my dad would come get me, and I'd go home, and I'd try to... Uh, drink some coffee but that was real difficult too but this is an early message this morning i'm talking at 6 30 in the morning i woke up just fine and dandy today off my medicine and i was just fine as could be i enjoy those types of things and lots of times people don't know how old you are when they're looking at you if they knew you when you was a teenager and uh so lots of people try to stick to the letter of the law all the time because of that but sometimes there's some types of things as leniency because some people have been suffering through a lot of things that other people hadn't and uh when you say things like that you're trying to talk about the knuckles on the branches and lots of people have been through things like that and uh just getting that out you know and now the man is at the end of the movie and he's reuniting with uh, Sandra Bullock in a second here. And you notice that, you know, a lot of people are there emotionally when they're giving press reports. And some people qu aren't quite there. Doesn't mean that the person who is ill is telling the truth. So what do you say? Well... You have to go into the um, idea of um, the uh, ordinary and what's ordinary to the person. Was he doing something ordinary to him? Voila. You know who's telling the truth now. So everything that seems to be ordinary seems to work out just fine. And um, So if... You're at the credits now for conspiracy theory. We see that um, the movie turns out just fine. And uh, everybody knows. And it's typecast in um, many movies um, to see certain things and certain issues work its way out through the public. Why would we work it out through the public with a movie such as conspiracy theory? Why would we work it out through the public with a, such a movie as conspiracy theory well a conspiracy theory is a, called a communications movie it helps us to communicate it's not something we use to uh, be uh, our contingency plan that's where your identity comes in when you're hearing certain things you gotta have a contingency plan like we said when the market's up we eat barbecue when the market's... No, when the market's up, we eat soup. When the market's down, we eat barbecue. And then we say to ourselves, wait, is he messing up when he's talking? Or is he just talking? And we say to ourselves, that's a 
communicative culture thing that comes from listening to sermons. And so we notice that the man's giving a sermon that he's talking. And we say to ourselves, well, maybe I will make that list. Maybe I will think some movies are for communications and learning how to hear what I'm hearing. And then the other movies are for making the contingency list on what to do. And that's the base basis for interacting with television and market and comfort. It doesn't mean you're going to make a lot of money. It doesn't mean that. It means you're going to make a good, substantial wage that's going to be able to get you, or food stamps that's going to get you to the store watching your movies and watching the markets on the TV to give you a substantial credit spiritually. That's the key. You want, you want to get the substantial credit spiritually. And once you've attained that, then... You can do your business and your market reports and you can uh, get your uh, um, reviews out there in your press releases on your Facebook pages to get the correct aptitude for your business. And that's where the key is. Do I have the correct aptitude for my identity through these things that he's saying to attain comfort when I lay down at night? With my sheets. It's not all spiritual. Individuality. That matters in comfort. It's a lot of practice that happens. That gets you to that point. Where you can uncover. Or cover your feet at night. And be comfortable. Um, and not be sweating all the time. And. Uh, making nonsense. Let's see. A good pastor always says sense, and then he says nonsense, and it looks like his message never meant a thing, but you know it meant a lot, so you re-read, and you re-listen, and you get into the area of divine comfort. Now, intervention is a different thing, and I'll talk about intervention later and comfort. Um, I mentioned it before in my previous recordings, about how intervention works from people from 200 miles away or so. And you just keep hanging in there doing your thing each and every day. I ain't going to train you how to talk, but you got to write down how the words that you use and how you behave where you go. And that will get you to a level of practice that will get you into the theatrical lifestyle that you're looking for from these movies and these things that will get you paced though. And then once you get paced, um, then you can be picked up by somebody who wants to do a real film with you. Let's say you wanted to shoot the boogeyman. You, you could write your film then and get enough practice in and write a film and, uh, send it in, um, through your agent your acting agent and then develop that institute where you're getting ready to be in a movie. Somebody said everybody wanted to be in the movies, but sometimes it just means you write a movie. Now we did NCIS with a photograph from our family. And if you want to invest your time into writing movies, you can also do books. So get into the theatrical practice that I'm telling you and then 
write all those scenes that you can't practice in public because of the law. You don't want to practice those in public. You want to write them in your book as if you're practicing them in your book. And then add your real life adventure with the markets and the uh, uh, temperatures of the market up or down and your press releases and then have your scenes written out and then add in your next adventures in real life then your scenes that you write down and get those books in um those books are fantastic let me tell you i read some of the most uh funniest little books you could ever find and i don't read them when um i'm at home i read them when i go to the hospital when i go to the hospital i pick out the book and i read it and uh I haven't read too many full books all the way yet, but I've read parts of them, and it's it gets it gets into you how a lot of these people think this way about those scenes that they put into their books, and uh, it's not immortalization. Okay, we got about five thousand years of storage for books on electronic device that gets saved and then it gets weeded down and there's and there's the main books that stay and then uh you have a 20,000 year uh total storage for everything in the United States but they kind of weeded down in case there's surplus and they store everything for a certain amount of time um so um you know, a lot of times it's just getting it out there for your family and friends. A nice book. Um, and then maybe it'll make a textbook somewhere for somebody um, um, in their business or something like that. They need to outsource an idea and see whether or not it'll fit into another realm of uh, product who's going to buy these products what's it going to be like when i'm on that boat and i'm starting a boat engine and i fall off and i get cut by the rudder what was i thinking if i read a certain type of book well is it defensible that it was an accident then if he reads this book he may have been nervous he may have been doing something that was right to him because of a certain book and you can't hold the book in judgment but the book holds the person in judgment and it gives us a psychology of how those things occurred so why would that have happened if the button to start the engine would have been placed somewhere else. Is it the engine's fault or is it how many people read this book? How many people, how many times has this book sold? So there's a lot of good things that are dealing with books and uh, keep it up. It's about comfort. So uh, you don't want to uh, uh, go too far into delving on some of these books that they're meant for actual recreation um that's a movie that does that 
but the books help us to understand why um the uh kite was being flown and it got caught by the wind and why did he take it up or down and it hit the person in the park in the head why was the person in the park sitting there taking a picture of the man flying the kite when we have copyright laws so how many people read that book how, you know why so there's lots of good lessons in picking up bestsellers and things like that and uh uh things with people with educations and been raised in education rather than just reading and writing what what was his educational background why did he write this book if my family reads this book am i protected by law then in case my mentally ill patient is out of control if he reads this does it say he was in control enough to have sanity to gain an innocent plea lots of issues there so keep up the good writing